Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Tuesday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Will Wilson back in. Good to see Willie J. You can find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at uh, Willie J Radio. On Twitter is where you find him. Email Chris at HaleVarsity.com. It open phones uh, throughout the show. From time to time, we are pretty loaded up. Mitch Sherman will be with us from The Athletic, as usual, Tuesday spot. In about 20 minutes, uh, Coach McBride, I'm sure, caught some fish yesterday. So we'll talk with Charlie a Monday with Charlie on Tuesday. Coach McBride in one hour. And then we'll hit some recruiting thoughts. And uh, that uh, that summer season where coaches once again can get out and see prospects. We'll talk to Co- Coach Rick Kaczynski at 525. Numbers to get in, 466-3776-800-825-5865. And uh, those are the numbers to dial up. On our mind today, between recruiting and some of the things going on with Nebraska football, baseball, as uh, Nebraska baseball did their job this weekend uh, they've kind of reconfigured things on Sunday to have a doubleheader on Saturday, two or three uh, against Michigan. And since Nebraska had their hiccup against Rutgers, uh, 11 out of 13. That is one way to close the season. And Nebraska's reward yesterday, hey, go see Dave Van Horn. He's missed you. And uh, you're headed to Fayetteville. Do you know anybody going down to Fayetteville. Anyone taking the road trip down to the Arkansas Regional for years, it was kind of a a pilgrimage. Folks would go down to Bricktown for the Big 12 baseball tournament. And when it was in Omaha, when the Big 10 played their postseason tournament, uh, folks would would find their way to TD Ameritrade Park uh, when, when it was a host spot. But there's been a range of emotions interested to get where you're at as a Nebraska baseball fan, are you are you pissed? Are you still PO'd more than 24 hours later? Are you annoyed? But listen, you've been a Nebraska fan in the Big Ten now for a decade, so you're, you're, you're waiting for something bad to happen? Or are you just like this baseball team, don't care, shut up and go win? Because that's the mentality, that's the attitude they're going to take. Here's Will Bolt's reaction after the announcement yesterday, his presser out at Haymarket Park. It's exciting. Uh, all the drama was taken out of it early, just uh, being one of the first teams up there. Uh, regardless of where you go, who you play, it's going to be a, a, a good challenge. I mean, like I said, after the 
the game on Saturday is five wins in Omaha, no matter how you draw it up. And, uh, you know, obviously our whole focus right now is finding out a way to beat Northeastern. Give me five wins. And that's what I'd expect from the Big Ten Coach of the Year. That is Will Bolt's DNA, can have, can do attitude. And if you're a Nebraska baseball fan, you don't want to go out. You don't want this magic season to to end. And if it does end, do you want it going out with a whimper? Or do you want it going out against the best in college baseball? And as we speak right now, Nebraska's got to handle their business to get an opportunity against Arkansas. Arkansas has got to focus in, obviously, and they can sleepwalk and still roll the New Jersey Institute of Technology. So we think that's not what Dave Van Horn's preaching. So we'll see what Saturday brings us. Nebraska, Northeastern, 7 o'clock on Friday. First things first, first step first. But, you know, if I'm Nebraska... I'm, I'm probably ticked. I'm saying all the right things. Jackson Hallmark, you saw some of his footage. And dude's got world-class hair. And, and he's got this, this smile, this eerie smile that's like, don't care. Let's just go play baseball. Let's go do our thing. Now, Nebraska said all the right things. Internally, there's always been fire with this baseball team this year. They've been undersold and underbilled all year and they have they've conquered they they won the regular season championship by three and a half didn't get a chance to go two for two with a postseason conference tournament because the big 10 didn't have any so where's the blame lie here is it is it big 10 or is it ncaa and and to me the ncaa made it pretty clear with uh with the old fraternity paddle right Big Ten was going to get slapped. Thank you, sir. May I have another? Uh, That happened in softball. It happened in baseball. And Nebraska, the only, or the Big Ten, the only league other than the, get your your wine-drinking pinky out, other than the Ivy League, to not have a postseason conference tournament. Okay? (laughs) Pac-12? Postseason tournament, SEC, Big 12, ACC, go down the list. And people were playing baseball. So I need a why. Are you are you hiding under the cloak of COVID? Yes. But let's talk dollars and cents. How many baseball programs make money or bleed money for teams in the Big Ten, those that have baseball? Probably a lot. Nebraska is unique. Most years... It bills well. When they're good, it bills great. Everywhere else, I mean, Michigan kind of gives a damn about their, their baseball program, especially now after a, a World Series run two years ago. Indiana's got a nice park. Indiana's pretty good. Illinois has been pretty decent over the years. Ohio State, Maryland, right? They're kind of newbies to the league. Not really, but sort of. So there is some... Pro, there are some programs that, that have good baseball programs and, and have been okay and consistent. Michigan, yes. Nebraska looks to be there. As I you know, jump the assumption here and say, Nebraska, this is more of what's to come from Will Bold and Nebraska baseball. This isn't a flash in the pan. This is sweet. Now, this is what Will Bolt's been brought in to do and, and he's going to do. The NCAA has been very clear, and they didn't have – uh, a 
a data point to to reference. There's no matchup against Oregon State. There's no non-conference showdown uh, against uh, some of the Big 12 teams or or Wichita State midweek or there's no Arkansas coming to town or somebody from the SEC, there's no hookup with A&M. You just didn't have that. So I'm not excusing the Big 10 or the, the NCAA, but the NCAA's take as to, look, you didn't play anybody except those within your league and we don't think your league's very good. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to send your your conference champ off to Arkansas. And meanwhile, Michigan and, and Maryland will have not great seedings in at three, but way more favorable regionals to try and get out alive and get to a super regional. So that's what's kind of backwards. But if I had to, you know, put my conspiracy, eye, you know, shades on right now, I'm going to say the Big Ten just, they were looking to save a buck. And I think they used COVID as an excuse. I have no proof of that. I'm just a madman right now speculating as to why you'd hose softball and baseball while letting basketball for sure go do their their, their ACC Big Ten challenge indoors for basketball season. You had a strong-as-hell basketball league with, what, nine teams get in the NCAA tournament this year for basketball it's not uniform, and it, it continues to be reinforced where what the Big Ten thinks of baseball and what they care about with baseball, and the NCAA followed suit with a, a, a backhanded slap. Uh, as for me, if I'm going to put my big red fan hat on, am I ticked off they're going to Arkansas? I want to see this. I would have preferred to see Nebraska-Arkansas in a super regional. It's just getting moved up. I'm not counting Nebraska out. Maybe I'm crazy. Drug test me. Give me a breathalyzer. Do what you will. But let's see where Nebraska goes with this. Right? You've got phenomenal players. You've got a a fire that's burning. Thank you, disrespect. Thank you, Big Ten. Thank you, NCAA. This team showed a lot of backbone with their response to the end of the season. We've highlighted that. So how do they come out against Northeastern? Focused or disgruntled. I I would put my money and Will Wilson's money down that they're going to be focused. They want the opportunity. They'll embrace the hate or the haters and they'll go do their best. Are they more talented than Arkansas? No. Can they find a way to beat Arkansas? Crazier things have happened. As good as Arkansas baseball has been, with all due respect, they don't have a national championship under Dave Van Horn and he's been there for a long time. They've had the opportunity to win one and haven't. Okay? So, pressure's on them. And and if I'm Arkansas, I'm like, I know these storylines are juicy, but Dave Van Horn can't be that thrilled. You arguably have the hottest baseball team in the country, one of them, coming in at, as Nebraska. And you probably just as soon get some other slappy two-seed, not named Nebraska, not coached by Will Bolt. So that's that's kind of where I'm at. Let's see how the cards play out. If I'm Nebraska, put yourself in position. You got nothing to lose. And again, not moral victory guy, but this this could be another springboard setup like Nebraska baseball had 20, 20 plus years ago where they get out of a regional, they get to the super regional, 
and they're within a few outs away of taking down one of the favorites in Stanford at Sunken Diamond. Didn't happen, and what happened next, and my old boss Aaron Babcock was with Nebraska baseball at the time, Dave Van Horn had the Stanford dog pile blown up like life-size and put right on the wall as Nebraska walked into their locker room. So every image, the first image they saw coming in from practice the following year was the Stanford dog pile that kept Nebraska from going to the College World Series. They had an incredible season, went to the, the, the first College World Series. A lot of you were there at in Omaha uh, at Rosenblatt with that sea of red. Right. And so Nebraska can use whatever happens this weekend as continued momentum. And that's that's what I see from this season between Anderson, between Povich, between Schwelley, between Hallmark. I mean, you, you've you got a, a cast of characters that give so much to their teammates, so much to this team, so much to this state. Let's, let's give them a shot against the top dog and see how they perform. Worst case, it'll be a learning experience. Best case, uh, that 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 glass slipper still fits, and they're not Cinderella. They're 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 really they're really a good baseball team. They can pitch, they can hit, they play defense, they make contact, they're selfless. They have all the components of a team that can get to Omaha. It's just a son of a gun. You need four wheel drive, and uh, an Iditarog group of Huskies to get you through this. Uh, this terrain. Yeah, so I hear you saying, you know, don't count them out, and I agree. You know, I feel like we were kind of saying that uh, with that Oklahoma State regional, right, just a few oh, years that back, was, you know. And, that, that was awesome until and, that one pitch. Right, and I, that's still in our <laughs> minds, it, it, right? It, dude, it was sweet, and then, oh, sweet Lord. Uh, oh, it was there, it was there, it was there. And it's we had the confidence gone. then, so, like, I'm kind of afraid to have that same confidence now because – you know, you just don't know, but I'm with you, man. Dude, I think I think Nebraska baseball fans super realistic about the, the challenge this weekend. But if you just go out and you get beat, guess what? Most people are going to go get beat by Arkansas. Right. They are. But put yourself in position. What what is what has been tough for Nebraska baseball fans to take is is going zero and two, and you're done. Right, you get to the postseason, you have a good regular season, you do okay in the Big Ten tournament, and then you're you're out. You're out quick in in college in, in postseason, right? And let's see if in, in in Nebraska may not get out of the regional, but let's see how how they fight. Let's see what they do. And the storyline is great. We've had Dave Van Horn on this show a few times, and he's what he did at Nebraska to, to like at least give you some hope that it can be recreated again. And now you got kind of Van Horn Jr. in a lot of people's eyes and Will Bolt. That's special. That's really cool. And it's really cool to see what Nebraska did after a shortened season a year ago. We'll talk with Pat Casey tomorrow, Oregon State's uh, retired head coach, three-time national champion, get his take on, on, on the regional, on the seating, and just – you know his take on Nebraska baseball and Arkansas, and he'll be flying into the to the Oregon regional 
So we'll catch him tomorrow night at five. But I'm anxious to get his perspective because he's he's a guy that like just built and built and built and built and built for about a decade, and then bang, they they exploded through to go be mainstays in Omaha. And there's been a lot of crossover between Nebraska and Oregon State baseball uh, with. Uh, some of the non-conference uh, games that, that have taken place down in Arizona. So we'll uh, we'll talk with uh, Pat Casey tomorrow. Mitch Sherman, uh, he's covered a lot of Nebraska baseball in his time. Get his takeaways on what happened yesterday, the outlook in this Fayetteville Regional for Nebraska. It is camp season. It is workout season. It is official visit time. And uh, some names to watch, some updates to give you as Nebraska is on that Cruton trail for uh, the rest of their 2022 class and beyond. A couple of in-state prospects that have offers, which is great. Uh, high level of talent in this state. Great to be with you on a Tuesday. Tail Varsity Radio, we're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And we're back. Fellas. Think we could listen to the radio listen? on Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes, that's awesome. Thanks for spending time. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Will Wilson, in. We say hi to Mitch Sherman from the Athletic at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, how's your Tuesday? Thanks for the time, man. My Tuesday is uh, fantastic. How about you, Chris? Good, man. I just checked in with Junior. He has had football. He has had baseball, he has had <laughs> basketball camp, and he'll have baseball practice tonight. So no, no gaming, that's, no gaming after 10 p.m. tonight. That's all today. That's impressive. We've had baseball, <laughs> swimming. We're back at the pool. Um, yeah, and that, and and it continues. There's basketball camp later this week. Four on four basketball, baseball games. Yeah, it's this is this is this is the week where like summer really starts. So your poolside, yay or nay on the interview? I'm not. No, oh, I'm not. I was. I've hurts. been at a. I've been at the pool on three different occasions today, uh, but not. But never in the pool. Always in like drop off mode or uh-huh. something like that. Well, yeah. that's all right. You'll you'll get some sun and fun shortly uh, after the taxi service is done. But good stuff. So, what what's kind of been the 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 emotion, the feedback? From from your readers, or just from what you've observed on social media, do you think Nebraska baseball fans are are ticked? Is is that more of of where the crowd's leading, or do you think it's more? Well, it sucks, but hey, let's see what the kids can do against Arkansas. You know, what what's been the the reaction and feedback on your end? Well, it's, it's kind of a mixed bag. You know, I think there's some people who are maybe misinterpreting the. Um, you know the the media narrative that, that has been out there, and I and I contributed to this that the Big Ten did its member schools no no favors, or there, there's also the way to look at it. And I think there's a little of both. Although I I definitely come down harder on the Big Ten than I do the NCAA mm-hmm. selection committee. I think the, the selection committee had its its hands tied with what to do with these Big Ten teams, and, and, and Nebraska had to absolutely leave no doubt. Uh, to to uh, to get a home regional and and that went out the window the weekend of the Rutgers series um, it could it could have absolutely given Nebraska uh, a better spot and sorry about that that would have made sense 
Um, but, uh, you know, it didn't happen, and I think you can look straight at the Big Ten. I think there are some people who are, some people in the fan base who are, um, you know, looking at, listening to the, the, the narrative and say, Nebraska's just complaining again. That's all Nebraska does is complain, and, you know, you equate it back to football. And, look, that's not what the team is saying. That's not what Will Bolt is saying. You know, I, I'm saying, and some others in my position are saying, that the Big Ten – screwed over these programs, these, these baseball teams. But I don't, the, Nebraska didn't say that at all. Nebraska, in, in interviews yesterday, uh, you know, they, they said, we don't care, you know, to, to quote Jackson Hallmark in his, in his, uh, his trademark uh, words, apparently. Um, so I, I think that, that yeah, Nebraska is approaching this the right way. And I do think there are some fans who are, you know, upset uh, that that either the Big Ten or the, the NCAA gave Nebraska the short end of the stick, and the Big Ten, all the Big Ten teams got it. But um, you know that, that there are others who just want to see Nebraska, you know, go out and do something in the postseason. So, has this or will this be addressed to Big Ten leadership by its baseball community? I don't know what you can do. I mean, the Big Ten leadership uh, or the Big Ten coaches were. United in in the winter in wanting to play a non-conference season, wanting to play a season like the the rest of the country was getting, and it it, it wasn't it wasn't uh, in the cards with the Big Ten leadership. Now you're not going to be in this situation, presumably, again, or, sure. or not anytime in the near future. You're not going to be in a situation where you, you you have to make that that kind of decision next year and and the year after. So. There's a bigger issue about the commitment that the league has to baseball in general. And I thought before this pandemic began that we were moving and was going to be more committed to baseball than it had ever been because of the success, not just of Michigan, but of, of other programs in, in getting deep into the NCAA tournament, of getting – four or five teams in the tournament at a time. There was a point not that long ago when the Big Ten would get a couple teams in and be fine with that, and we were beyond that. And I feel like we've taken some steps back. And when we get to next year, you're going to find out if this was a blip because of the pandemic and all the specific circumstances, the unique circumstances that existed, or if the Big Ten has had a – a change because maybe of some financial uh, realities that again are related to COVID, um, and that that's that's going to be a, a, an important uh, next step for the Big Ten and baseball. And yeah, I'm sure that coaches and people who are in the baseball community are going to stress the importance of being committed to the sport, but we'll see how the league responds. Mitch Sherman's with us from the Athletic Hale Varsity Radio at Mitch Sherman on Twitter, talking Nebraska off to Fayetteville and uh, the bigger picture of the, the Big Ten and, and baseball commitment. So let's let's fast forward to, to this weekend, Mitch. And, you know, what, what does your gut say? Say Nebraska handles Northeastern, and I expect mm-hmm. Nebraska to do that because – They've always had the right mentality and mindset of that don't care, and they've been so mature with their focus, and then the execution's obviously followed. You know, how, how can Nebraska get this done 
against Arkansas if if it comes down to it? Get ahead and stay ahead, and and don't let uh, Kevin Copps come into the game and 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 throw four innings to shut things down or or whatever he does. He's not just a closer, you know. He leads the leads the uh, the Hogs in innings pitched, I believe, and and you know leads the nation in ERA. Um, you know, obviously is a is a super prospect. So you want to keep him out of the game. I don't know if there's really any way to do that, but if he does come in, you want to have the lead. So sure. you you better you better start. And take that crowd out of the game too. That would be that would be a, a major thing to because Bomb Stadium is uh, is Haymarket souped up a couple levels or, or, or several levels. This is this is Dave Van Horn building Haymarket Park and then going to Arkansas, having a stadium to work with, and using all the things that he learned about Nebraska and that stadium, and, and not having to share it uh, with a, with a, an independent league team, having all the say and all the power and all the money. And just building that thing up—it's—it's it's bigger and and louder and more intimidating than much more so than it was when he got to Arkansas 20 years ago. I mean, it's amazing to think that this was this was 2002, 19 years ago when he left Nebraska. Um, but his you know his fingerprints are all over that program and all over that stadium, and and the home field is a factor there. It's a huge factor there. So uh, get ahead, and you know it's it's it's. Uh, that I means have a good start and, and come out with those bats ready to go. Mitch, going to go to football here. It's uh, camp season. It's official visit time for Nebraska football. It's unofficial visit time. It's also uh, offer time. And uh, Daniel Kalen, uh, quarterback out of uh, Bell West, uh, sophomore to be, got an offer from Florida State, Nebraska, next in line. Also, Jake Applegate, I've seen him a lot. He's a tremendous mm-hmm. ball player from Southeast. Had his private workout today, and he also got an offer from Nebraska. Uh, your reaction to a couple the, these two offers, and just you know what's next for Nebraska? A couple coaches obviously on the road at some satellite camps, and then Fridays looming with uh, with some Friday night lights for Nebraska as well. Yeah, yeah, a huge week to start off a huge month. Nebraska has a lot of ground to make up, as most programs do, but. Nebraska more so because of how important it is for Nebraska to have kids on campus. That's that's uh, that's priority number one in all things recruiting is to get kids to come into your facility, and they've 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 been uh, robbed of that opportunity for the last 14, 15 months. So for other programs, that, that, you know there are things that they can do there. They can they can recruit on their reputation. They can recruit on their on their current winning. And Nebraska hasn't been able to do that for the last year. Or so you're sitting with a couple commitments in, in the, the 22 class and, you know, a bunch of kids locally who are unsure about Nebraska. So not just Daniel Kalen in the 24 class, but he has a teammate, Davon Hall, who was offered last year, a big receiver from Bellevue West, who was offered last year during his freshman season by Iowa, then Nebraska. And with Kalen, it was Florida State yesterday. And then Nebraska coming in immediately after. You know, I, I, I'd like to see Nebraska offer these kids first, to be honest, um, and, instead of having Iowa and Florida State do it. But um, they reacted very quickly on both of these, and I don't think it matters in the end. Sometimes kids, uh, you know, they, their, their heart, uh, they have a special spot for the school that offers them first. And Nebraska obviously knew what it needed to know about Hall and about Kalen to make those offers. So I say, you know, go out and offer these local kids first because you got four kids from Omaha in this 2022 class who are no longer considering Nebraska four four-star players. So they have room to, they have room to make up not just nationally, but on the local scene. And, you know, it starts 
today, June 1st, doing that and bringing guys like Applegate in. So great that they did that on the first day. You can get a guy on campus. He's local. Bring him in. See what you need to see. There's no reason to wait. Make the offer, and he's a guy that Nebraska should get, I would, I would expect. And, and that's, that's turning in a right direction with this 22 class and then also helping you out down the road with guys like Hall and Kalen up in Omaha. Mitch, uh, from that, that local prospect point of view, with with kids now, are they just uh, the world's a little smaller because of technology where they'll they'll hit camps, they'll follow programs that may be in Ohio State, or Clemson, and Oklahoma, and, and then you just highlighted here the, the, the high level of, of talent in your backyard up in Omaha uh, that, mm-hmm. that aren't considering Nebraska? Is it as simple as just being better on the field for Nebraska to kind of rekindle some of that local interest? I don't think it's simple. I think there's a number of things that work. It's one that, that these kids didn't grow up with Nebraska as a winning program, and, and some, of you, some of you forget how young they are, and even the guys in the 22 class. Uh, you know, Nebraska's had five losing seasons in the last six years, and that puts those guys back in middle school, you know, almost in elementary school, before they saw Nebraska, uh, since they saw Nebraska as a consistent winner. They may not even remember that. So that's some of it, absolutely. Um, and then the, the environment over the last year, year plus, is a, is a huge factor because it's taken distance out, out of the equation. You know, it's taken the, the opportunity away from these guys in the 22 class and that, you know, now we're seeing the 24 class coming online. And, and of course there's guys in 23 to uh, Raymer, the tight end from Pierce who has mm-hmm. a Nebraska offer who are, who are also, um, you know, hot recruits here. They haven't had the opportunity to be on campus in Lincoln over the last year plus. So that, that's, that's what they would have been doing. Uh, if, if, if all was well in the world, these guys would have would have been on campus at Nebraska for games on unofficial visits. They'd have been at camp last summer. You know, they'd have come down on a on a on a Tuesday night when in, in the spring or a Wednesday night in the spring when and, and to, to see some of their old teammates from high school or friends from the you know the youth basketball circuit, whatever it might be. No, no kids on the Nebraska mm-hmm. football team, and, and they haven't had that opportunity. Nebraska hasn't had that opportunity. So those two things together are have have created a. Um, now the, uh, you know, the, the tape has been cut, so to speak, and, and you know, the race is, is on. So go ahead and, and get started with everything that you haven't been able to do for, uh, for, for more than a year and, uh, you know, do it in short time. And, and we see that already, already in the works this week. Good stuff, Mitch Sherman. Mitch, we'll get caught up again. Awesome work. Thanks for your time today, bud. Okay, thanks, Chris. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Okay, apologies to the affiliates. We'll get uh, synced up again, but awesome stuff from Mitch Sherman on uh, Nebraska's dare I say, battle in-state for high-level talent to keep that talent at Memorial Stadium. Uh, check that full interview out from Mitch Sherman, ESPN Lincoln On Demand. Uh, Will Wilson will have that posted up also on Twitter at ESPN Lincoln.
Give us a follow there. 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Numbers to get in. Chris Schmidt, Will Wilson. So we spent plenty of time talking Nebraska baseball. We'll see how things shake out for the Huskers and a good painting there from Mitch Sherman on just what <laughs> what Arkansas is all about and, and the task at hand for the Big Red, but their attitude is rock solid. So it is uh, recruiting season, and it is time to go warp speed with it if you're Nebraska, not not on your evaluations, but just you are going to try and cram in pandemic time with what you missed, and let's, let's play some makeup. And Nebraska will do that. Uh, Applegate was... On campus today, Jake Apple get 6'4", just a missile. Hell of a ball player from Lincoln Southeast, and he's been uh, roaming that back seven and on the offensive side of the ball for Coach Catula for quite a while for the Knights. And uh, Jake uh, performed well, tested well, and got the offer. And the thing that is going to be interesting about Applegate is if he commits to Nebraska, where is he going to play? And I look at him as outside linebacker or tight end because during his workout today, uh, did run some routes, wide out, tight end. He's such a, a gifted athlete and is a kid that has played and contributed and starred at an early age for one of the, the top programs in the state. So with Applegate, you know, based on what I've watched, yeah, he's he's a he's a difference maker wherever. I'll just say that he's been good wherever he's lined up, Will. But I see if you could get him with his athleticism, what do you have on offense right now? On offense, it is all about getting that flex, kind of do it all type slot dude, be it a tight end or a flex. And get the mismatch with the size and the speed, and that works against. So that, that works against defenses because most of, of, of your high-flying athletes go to the offensive side of the ball. Can you be a defense that counters? And I'm not comparing Jake Applegate to, to Simmons from Clemson. I am not. But from, from, a, from a stylistic standpoint, can you counter what the offense is trying to do mismatch-wise with your own freak athlete in the form of a, of a Jake Applegate or a JoJo Doman. When you covered him, did he play more of on he did, the offense he start, or the He started both. It was both. So on, in your eyes, I mean, defense or offense? I, my eyes, it's, let's play him on defense. Okay. I mean, he can sure as hell kick butt and take names for you on offense, but I think he could be special. Like Gifford, mm. that mold. Luke Gifford, JoJo Doman. Get me a guy that's 6'4 and can move like he's 5'11, right, laterally, and then with that burst north to south. I mean, he's he's a big athlete, and he's physical. He is physical as all get out. Again, high school level, not talking Big Ten, right? Obvious jump, but I'm not worried about him making the jump. You know, he's a kid Nebraska's got to get. I'm glad they got him the offer. If you're a Nebraska fan, you want a yes. <laughs> you want a yes right now, uh, and, and Jake will do what's best for him, and that's awesome. But no, let me see him roaming off the edge 
uh, to get after the quarterback, to provide coverage, and to, to do some TFL work uh, for, the, for the black shirts. Interested in Daniel uh, out, of, out of Bellevue West here, Kalen. Can't even read my own freaking writing. Sorry. Daniel Kalen. So this kid hasn't started, but he's played well at the JV level. You know, Bell West is just an insanely uh, talented program. Coach Huffman is 6'2", 190, and Florida State has seen Kalen, and they saw enough of him at a uh, at a at a stadium camp at Lucas Oil Field. That's in Indianapolis. That's where uh, Big Ten Media Days will be there for that. But that's where one of the national camps were being held, and there was eyes on him and, and others. And there was a, a monster wow factor with how Kalen performed. If the kid's just going in to his sophomore year, you got to be in on quarterbacks early, and you got to be right. Okay, you got to be first and you got to be right. And and Florida State's there and then Nebraska sees that. And then about 15 minutes later, bang, here comes the, the offer. Interesting story with uh, Kalen as he was ready to go have some sweet treats with his family to celebrate, you know, my first Division One Power Five offer. And then, you know, his, his head football coach is on the horn saying, yeah, Super Mario wants to talk to you. Can you call him? So there was a chat with Verdusco and uh, K- and Kalen. Uh, that happened. Nebraska got the offer. Nebraska will get a chance to, to no doubt get him to campus on some unofficials. Another kid just up the road, not as close as Apple get. But uh, it's good that Nebraska is eyeing you know, more in-state talent. And quite honestly, it's great that there's in-state talent at quarterback to look at, right? I mean, uh, oh gosh, what's the kid's name that ended up playing at Idaho? Nate Enderley. I think he's a fifth-round pick of the Bears. He ended up going to Idaho, but he was a kid. Uh, Easton Stick went up to North Dakota State. He's in the NFL. There's been some local quarterbacks that have gotten out of town, okay, uh, but right now, uh, it's nice that you've got a Harburg on campus, if you're Nebraska, uh, from Carney Catholic, and, and he's got a, a major ceiling if you're Nebraska, but you can't ever just wait too long on quarterbacks. Uh, that's one of the names you're going to be looking at here this Friday, as Richard Torres is going to be in town the 4th. He's uh, one of the quarterbacks on Nebraska's board for 2022 kid out of San Antonio, Texas. MJ Morris, the other kid you're hearing a lot about for 2022. Well, you're going to get the visit from Torres. You're going to get a chance to work him out, see him in action. His huddle film's phenomenal, but you'll get a chance to see him up close and personal. We'll wind down hour one. Charlie McBride's 15 minutes away. Coach Rick Kaczynski also next hour. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Good to see you on, uh, or spend time with you. Tuesday, Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, Charlie McBride and Coach Rick Kaczynski. So, James Mond getting some interest at a visit from uh, a blast from the past. This is one of Nebraska's uh, top prospects there. 
trying to to get uh, in the boat for this upcoming recruiting class. James Mond III, if you're a Nebraska football fan, you remember the name Wonder Mons, the all-world corner from the uh, 70s and the best Afro in college football, bar none. Cranach has a, Cranach has a picture of Wonder Mons in his bathroom. We'll just let that marinate for you. But Charlton Warren in Indiana is visiting to, to say hey. Uh, so no doubt some competition there. So uh, we'll uh, continue to spend time on, on some Husker baseball. I'm sure Coach McBride maybe broke a remote, a steel chair maybe dented with uh, with the, the Nebraska regional news. Coach McBride, maybe he took it okay. Not sure. You know, Will, what was your day like yesterday? We, we all had uh, other things going on and, and weren't in, obviously, but I didn't think that. I was talking it over with Junior, and I'm like, you know, maybe they head to, to, to Austin. Maybe they're... Maybe they're going out to Spokane because we all saw different projections. Right. And, you know, it looked like Nebraska yeah. had moved away from, from going to Fayetteville because of how they finished the year, taking care of Indiana, taking care of Ohio State, and then taking two out of three against Michigan. Hmm. Nebraska pretty much had to go freaking undefeated this year, it sounds like. I wonder if, because, you know, we're projections, we're talking about D1 baseball, baseball America. Mm-hmm. I, I wonder if they kept in account the whole, you know, you know, um, region thing you know as far the close as to the regional you know the location the and everything travel, right right like that seemed like it was a big part to the ncaa and it seemed like when we were looking at those projections they were kind of fooling us in a sense well you you would from a regional standpoint you want to send folks close and it's a seven-hour bus ride that bus ride will save money for the NCAA versus flying somewhere. I mean, it's, it's, you know, no, Michigan and, and South Bend are three, three and a half hours away, I yeah. think. And then it's not a, a, a horrid trip to East Carolina for Maryland. If location was the big thing, it seems like we were going to Arkansas no matter what then. No, it, yeah, because there's no one. Otherwise, send Nebraska to, to South Bend, but right. you're kind of, it, it's a longer trip. So I was just confused. No, and, and bottom line is just let your teams play. <laughs> right. Let them play non-conference games, for the love of God. <laughs> have a have a postseason tournament. I think this year's College World Series is going to be insane, though. Mm-hmm. Over under on SEC teams to make the CWS. Going with Ooh. four, four out of the I, eight. I You're like going four. six out of the eight. I like four, and I'd maybe take the over. Okay. So, so Will Wilson is setting the over under on SEC teams in the College World Series at four, uh, and he's going over on that. We'll spend some time on recruiting, on camps, on evaluations, how many fish Coach McBride caught this weekend, and then uh, some more recruiting with uh, Coach Rick Kaczynski. You can send an email, get it to us, chris at hailvarsity.com. Give us a follow on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at uh, Willie J Radio. It's where you find him on Twitter. And uh, back with you, Hour 2. Hail Varsity Radio. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. All super, so, <laughs> you know, but nobody, it was pretty cold. Uh, not cold, but. And at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. 
Great to have you back. Hour two, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And uh, we'll check in now with Mr. Blackshirt. A Monday moved to Tuesday. Charlie McBride with us. A Tuesday with Charlie. Coach, how many fish did you catch over the weekend? I didn't catch any. I worked. Well, what'd you work on? Well, you know, there's a lot of kids on the lake with boats, but that's about it. The fishermen weren't even out. Well, Labor Day, they stay away from it. Too much skiing and, Mm -hmm. you know, so forth. So, my, my son was here for, my youngest son was here for a while, and Took him to the airport last night and sent him back to Arizona where he could get some heat. I'd say he's got <laughs> enough heat for all of us, and uh, we're, we're finally going to warm up this weekend and have a, have a full weekend of baseball. We were off, no baseball for us this past weekend, but I was talking to uh, my uh, Mitch Sherman. You remember Mitch. He was with us in hour one, and Right. I'm I'm kind of excited to see just how tired my kid is when I get home before I take him to baseball because he's had baseball <laughs> camp today, he's had football camp today, and he's had basketball camp. So the trifecta <laughs> happened. So yeah, well, he he isn't going to want to move. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm hoping they put him through some extensive conditioning today. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sitting out the out on our little deck out here, and the sun's out, and the water's still, and it's quiet. That's a good thing, man. A little peace. <laughs> yeah. Well, that would help. Yeah. No kidding. Well, I wanted to get your thoughts on, on Nebraska baseball before we dive into some football stuff. And I know you've been following Husker baseball this season. And, uh, you know, not a great draw, but uh, this this baseball team's got a great mindset with Coach Bolton. Anything can right. happen. That's why you play the game. But do you have a reaction to, to, to I guess, the seeding, the, the placement in, in uh, Fayetteville? Well, they, 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 you know, for, uh, you know, new coaches and, and a lot of new players, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it's, it's, that's the pretty big thing. I, I, I really think that, you know, that he's done an un, unbelievable job as far as getting the kids competitive and really playing hard and coming back. And when you see, when you see them come from behind, a lot of times they did that. And, you know, that's, that means that their their mind is really in the game, and and you know they're it's important that they all kind of hang together, and you know, and they they kind of get that vibes with each other, and I think they they did that, and, and you know he did a good job of pulling that that string, and for sure, um, you know I was really impressed with it. I you know I thought over the years we got better, but you know this was a big jump, and. Um, you know, I think it helps the, the whole university athletic department when you see something like that because, you know, it's kind of been where Nebraska is really not expected to, to – they're just in the middle kind of and things like that. And people are – not people, but players are getting tired of that. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think they saw something they could do, and they did. And um, that that's what's, that's what's the fun about the whole thing is you, you see it you know, going. And I had a laugh. I was thinking last night, you know, national champions are, championships are great. 
and I, you think about it, they last one day, and then it's over. It's you got to win next year. Mm. You know what I'm getting at? Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's just like Sunday. You win a game, and Sunday you play in the next team. You forget about that. So that wasn't real exciting, <laughs> you know. So and kind of that's. You know that's the thing. It's that's the thing that's hard about sports. You know, when you get that, it's now they they're expected to do this and do that, and you know. But it does start a tradition. Well, and it's nice to to kind of get back to to being a conference champ, where yeah. <laughs> that was something that it happened, and then you wanted it every year in in baseball yeah. versus stopping and realizing what just happened. Wow. <laughs> they got well, that good, that quick, a few years back. Well, the thing that's good about it is I think Coach Manning did a great job. Mm-hmm. I think the, the girl basketball program is Coach really Williams, getting yes. The volleyball, you know, they, they say it's a down year. I thought it was a great year. Mm-hmm. I mean, they... You know, they they say, well, they'll be better next year. Well, okay, but I, you know, I enjoy, you know, they're they're, they're competitors, mm-hmm. and that's the whole thing about a lot of it. You know, they're not just walking, getting stoned, you mm-hmm. know, teams. But all of our sports have really gotten a lot better. Mm-hmm. I mean, they really have, and it's, uh, you know, it's got track. We did, we got some great people that came up in track, and mm-hmm. you know, so. We'll see how it goes, but it, with football and basketball, and I think both of them are hopefully going to get, you know, make a big jump. Well, that's that's just it. Football is is on everyone's mind here. Already counting down to kickoff, right under ninety days. <laughs> and what what was that like for you? And what was that like for your kids? Having that expectation every year, go go win the Big Eight, go win the Big Twelve, and and and, and go uh, go win eleven games. Do it now. <laughs> I think I think once once you you know we we, we kind of set a precedent and we looked at it like it got to it got to a point where um, it was it, you know everybody's talking about winning the conference championship and that's what we did mm-hmm. and we won some but. The thing was, is we we decided that maybe we ought to be looking at the national championship because you have to win the conference championship to win the national championship. Well, why not go for the whole marbles, mm-hmm. you know? And and kind of the, the the conference championship in some ways kind of took a back seat to to really you know really trying to win the whole thing. And of course, when you do that. There's a lot of luck involved in it. People can say what they want, but, you know, there's a lot of teams that, that get beat. And, you know, nowadays, you know, there's a few teams that are just reloading mm-hmm. maybe. And I don't know whether they said we reloaded, but I don't know if we just didn't coach the heck out of them because there was a lot of kids that didn't have scholarships that ended up being great players and you know, and I really, you know, I really think it was hard work by all of us as coaches that, you know, we really tried to make them better players, and and it was that was every day, and they fell into the same thoughts. They were trying to get to be better players, and the and it and they were. Mm-hmm. So I, I think you can do it a bunch of different ways, and I I'm sure all the five stars we had were probably close to zero and none mm-hmm. sure. 
but and some we had, you know, we had Isaiah Hip, of course, show up. You know, I don't know how many running backs we had just appear. You know that we really didn't recruit. <laughs> they end up being all Americans and things like that. So, you know, that's why I say there's a little luck involved in it. Well, the but, most famous walk-on ever, I am hip, and in thousand-yard rusher times too. And oh, by the way, let's go have an NFL career. That worked out. <laughs> that worked out pretty well. Coach Charlie McBride's with us Mondays with Charlie. We're talking to Coach on Tuesday with the holiday. Yesterday, Coach. Take me through your process with the staff. How did you guys evaluate a kid? You'd see him in camp or you'd go see him in person. You'd be on the road. And then you only had so many scholarships. Yeah, you you, you developed the heck out of kids with the walk-on program. You had a wonderful practice blueprint where it was physical and everyone was getting reps. But when it came down to it, did everybody have to – I guess, vote or give your input on, on a kid with a specific position? Were you, were you able to go say, this is who I want to offer, this is the kid I want to put on my defense, or yeah. did you have to kind of bounce it off other, other coaches and, and Coach Osborne? Well, I think, you know, in a lot of cases, I think that we, maybe we weren't sure the kid may be an offense or a defensive gotcha. player, you know, in a lot of cases. And, um, you know, I think that, you know, some kids were recruited as offensive players and ended up playing on defense and vice versa. That mm-hmm. happened, you know, a number of times. I think, you know, you could say that. And, uh, you know, usually, and, and it's really funny because it's, you know, when you look at the tight end position, some kids never got noted as the tight end, but they came in that way. I think mm-hmm. Keneally might have been one of them. And, you know, there were some guys, because they're the, they're the kids that are the big kids that are athletes, mm-hmm. you know, and they can move. You know, Terry could have played any either side of the ball, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, you know, Steinkuhler could have played either side of the ball, and Franowitz could have played either side. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. that, so, you know, it was just a matter of trying to get them in the right spot and, and, and you know, and... It just most of them just kind of fell in, you know, fell in the place as it went. A lot of kids came in here. We didn't know anything about them, really. But what we did in camps was there were some kids that were really ahead of others. Mm-hmm. Um, Amon Green was by far one of them. I mean, he, you know, he came in, and I, I think he was running 4-3. And, you know, I laugh at him every time I see him. He probably was the best punter that we ever had in, in my years. Yeah, you guys had a lot said, of NFL no. punters. <laughs> he said no, no. He said no way, Coach. I'm not gonna. I don't want to be a punter. So, so that ended that show. But um, you know, I mean, he he was quite an athlete, and, and you know, there there were other guys. I mean, that were the same, but. You know that was the way it kind of went. You told you the kids that were in camp, and we just got at that little extra look at them, and put them over the top. And Tom would offer them a scholarship, and um, you know they'd take the trip up to the office and sit down with Tom, and he'd tell them. Now the other, a lot of the players were the fact that we just told them that they're going to be watched very closely. You know, I mean they. There was a lot of players like that. You know, put them in that category. 
And and we were lucky, uh, I think. And and of course, we weren't the most famous people with all the other coaches in the, in the state or South Dakota because a lot of the kids were offered there and mm-hmm. decided to walk on at Nebraska. And that's that's kind of a blow to some of the you know some mm-hmm. of the schools that uh, you know wanted those kids. I think the UNO was one of them mm-hmm. at one time, and they ended up pretty much going to hockey and. Right, which is a good thing. Which is a real good thing. I think it's you know they they set their niche, and I think they, you know, their program's going pretty good. So, you know, the kids in the state, you really tried to get get early and 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 a year or so in advance if you can know them. Some kids are ahead athletically, size wise, everything else. Um, you know, and I, every year there's somebody that is like that you know you're going to offer next year and uh, you know things like that I think it goes in every sport that way I think especially in basketball too it's mm-hmm. you can find some kids that are freshmen and sophomores that can really play especially in you know in basketball football they have they're growing sometimes getting bigger get maybe a little faster or something like that and they do that but it's it's a it's a guessing game like it is in the NFL draft mm-hmm. a lot of times, and uh, you know you try to do the best you can, and you really try to set your sights on their character and their grades and things like that. It's not just the football part. You know they have to fit into a bunch of different categories. Charlie McBride's with us, Hale Varsity Radio, Coach. Uh, you have a, a wonderful week. This was fascinating to hear about how you guys kind of sifted through the camps and and the the Amon Green. You would have, right. I'm, I'm sure, handed him the football, but asked him to kick. Right? He wasn't just going to be a punter. Our, our camp, yeah, our camp was a little bit more. Uh, it was more four day type of thing where we sure. really got a chance to know the kids and really work them and find out a lot about them. Well, that that was uh, beneficial, I'm sure. So, last thought here, about a minute. Are you going to go ke- catch fish this week? Or are you going to go do some fishing this week? I haven't even yet. Yeah, well, my job until the kids get here is to have all the rods and reels ready to roll and uh-huh. have new lines on them. So, and and I I know I was thinking the other day I better go get some oil for some real what they call real oil. I mean, it is. <laughs> Fishing reel oil, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and get everything ready to ready to go so they aren't, Dad, you didn't do this, Dad, you didn't do that, you know, that old trick. <laughs> you'll, you'll be ready, and uh, yeah. th- they'll catch some fish. <laughs> you turn into the slave, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, it's nice you're letting them stay, right? I like that. We're good enough. <laughs> Coach, you have a good week, and thanks for, for making time today with us. Yeah, and yeah, be nice to that son of yours. Don't get upset if he's tired now. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a sweetheart compared to his mother. I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Okay. (laughs) I know where that's coming from. Uh My mom was was the whip of our family. Uh She didn't tell you, if you got tired, that's too bad. Get Uh up and go. (laughs) Yep. Uh, Mama Bear is going to be all over him tonight about what he didn't do. Coach, you take care. Thanks again. Thanks for having me. Okay. Talk to you later. Bye now. Good stuff with Coach McBride. And now, 
And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. It's uh, time for a chat with Rick Kaczynski, Tuesdays with Kaz, uh, defensive line coach for Nebraska and Iowa. Kaz, uh, how you feeling here? It's it's already June. What are you doing, man? Crazy June, man. Just uh, came up on us quick, bro. Had a weekend off from baseball and track, and... Uh, decided to put my son in a hoop tournament AAU so uh, yeah that was first and last no thank you (laughs) I thought the baseball parents were bad let me tell you and uh, we don't uh, we'll go uh, we'll go wreck Catholic League or school league we'll we'll find something I was talking to um, a guy down here Kay Rich he uh, was a point guard for South Carolina his son's getting recruited as a junior and he goes stay away from AAU, all due respect to any AAU guys out there. Not bashing them. He said, you know, he said, not at that age, don't need it. So that was good advice. So I got my uh, AAU experience in, and we're, we're retired. Currently retired. Can always come out, but sure, right now sure. we're, we're, we're retired. That's an interesting dynamic, man. Baseball parents versus AAU parents. And no one uh, bumped into you at halftime wanting you to team hop, did they, with AAU? <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm kind uh, of, I'm kind of kidding. Yeah, I tell you though, it, it was good because uh, you know, at baseball, he's always the big, you know, the biggest kid and stuff out there. So he, we played with some twelve-year-old, ten-year-old kids. So got to see some big dudes, some dudes with some handles got crossed over on a couple times got his junk swatted into the wall so it was good it was it was a good good lesson no recruiting going on so but hey let me tell you how to take the deal anybody got a deal out there i'll take it (laughs) well it it is june we'll get to to the camp circuit and official visits and being on the road uh recruiting uh in in a moment but we left off last week talking about that Nebraska baseball bandwagon, and I was hoping our, our, our dear friend Uncle Kaz could pull some strings for, for Nebraska. They got sent to Arkansas, man, the, the number one team, the number one seed in the country, and it's been a, a bash fest on the, the Big Ten, their treatment of baseball the last 24 hours or so on social media, not just from, from irate Nebraska fans, but also the league only getting three teams in. And wow, what what a draw. Now, Nebraska baseball and Coach Will Bolt, they're like, no worries, man. We're going to go do our thing. Their attitude's great. But uh, it was it was interesting, to say the least, with the selection show yesterday. Yeah, well, I think, you know, there's always a little bit of bias, uh, unless you're just off the charts when you're a considered a cold, cold-weather team. Mm-hmm. There's a perception probably very similar to how the, the pack is viewed when it comes to football. But I think, you know, as a coach like Coach Bolt and, and the crew, you look at it as a great challenge and great opportunity. So you got an opportunity to go down there, Fayetteville, and knock off Northeastern and then, then go get after uh, Arkansas. And still can't figure out the NJ. New Jersey, New Jersey Institute yeah. of Technology. You knew that, yeah, that yeah. there was an Institute of Technology other than MIT, and didn't you? Yeah, well, yeah, I was. I gotta be honest with you. I, I know Jersey, okay. I never heard of that. So, uh, yeah, they weren't recruiting me. I'm disappointed. Yeah, I think you just go look at a great, great challenge. That's all you can do. I mean, um, and really, it doesn't matter who you play, especially this time of the year. And you're just happy to be playing. There's a lot of teams sitting at home. I mean, you got you got South Carolina. That's they're they're playing in Columbia without a, without a baseball team. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so 
So it's uh, it's it's a, it's a good deal, man. It's it's great. It's great for Nebraska. It's a great opportunity for them. So uh, they'll get a lot of attention because Arkansas is a great. That's that's what you want to. That's what you want to be a part of. You want to go, but you can't control any of that. Mm-hmm. So let's not worry about it. And um, you know, you, you can't uh, can't worry about the conference. You can't change your, your geographics. You just gotta. You know, if you're winning, doesn't matter whether you're in Alaska, Siberia, or Texas, or Florida, California, or Nebraska. So, so take advantage of that opportunity and, and go get some W's, man. But it's been either way; it's just been a heck of a year. Mm. Just, just great for uh, Coach Bold and the Nebraska baseball. Rick Kaczynski's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Kaz, how did you kind of set up your schedule during the summer when it came to to trips and and going out and seeing kids and then also figuring out a way for kids to, to get in and participate in camp so you could get an up-close look at some some of the future talent out there? Well, Schmitty, back then the, the calendar was a lot was a lot different. Uh, the, you know, the way we did it, we had, uh, you know, we'd go out for two weeks and kind of in your area, come back, and we take a week off as a staff and just watch a bunch of guys and try to figure out where we need to target next. And then the last, next two weeks kind of went out by position and, and tried to recruit kids to the campus that you want to see. Um, you know, a lot, of, a lot of times the guys, you already knew they could play. You didn't need them at, at camp. You were just trying to get to that big red weekend, just get them on campus in a uh, low-pressure atmosphere, kind of show things off, get them around the players, get them around our families where it's just – just relaxed and and uh, you know great time with great weather and showing off facilities in the town, uh, and uh, so you kind of use that last two weeks to just um, you know figure out who you who you had an opportunity to get, um, you know go through the coach try to see if you get the families out there because that's when people are scheduling their vacations. You know a lot of the guys that we recruited coming from distance, you know they their their families made it a, a destination. They made it a vacation, had opportunities, take time that part of the year to come out, maybe drive out two, three days and hit some schools along the way. Um, and then the camps were right after we got back. So we were always done. Um, you know, we were done before Father's Day. We had Big Red Weekend there. And then, you know, hey, Father's Day, we started our vacation. It was just a completely different calendar. You had dead periods. You couldn't have kids on campus. You know, after that, so that's how we timed everything. This this is a zoo now with the early signing, the the, the visits, and I know these guys caught a break last year with COVID. But man, I wouldn't want to be a coach this gent, be be out of control. That's my my thought is is how do you, you you navigate because it was all right. You can do nothing except Zoom and do virtual visits, right? You can keep in contact with kids um, from, from a, an iPhone, right? But now, mm-hmm. now you get to see them in person, and there's got to be some urgency all over uh, football offices just because now you, you can go do uh, versus being on the shelf for such a while. Man, you are right about it being a zoo and – I know Nebraska's had some some individual workouts. Uh, they've they've made some offers. Some of the coaches are on the road now. Coach, uh, what what were some of your regions and kind of take us through your your connections as far as is how you were able to kind of get a foothold in some pretty good areas. 
Well, when I first started out, I, I was sent you far away. So usually the young coaches go to, to the places that uh, a little bit harder to get to. You know, and that was at Iowa. I went down to Florida, and, and that was, you know, Florida's oversaturated, or it was when I was there. You got every coach in the country down there. And, you know, the further away you get from, from campus, the less you know uh, about the coaches, the less you know about the program, the less you know about the kids. And it's a lot easier for a coach to sell you a bill of goods because he's not in state. And, you know, even he may, he may, uh, he may piss you off. There'll be a hundred other coaches that'll come back the next year if he sold you a bill of goods on a kid. So, so as I, as I matured a little bit, got a little bit older, um, you know, talking with Coach Hills and, and, you know, where I felt comfortable, I always got in direct flight areas because I knew if it was tough for me to get to, I knew it was going to be tough for, for kids to get, you know, to get back to, um, you know, the campus we were coming from. So, you know, look at direct flights, Dallas, you know, Atlanta, um, Cincinnati out of Omaha. So that, that's what we started hitting. I'd, I'd always get into Western PA a little bit just because you, you had some ties there, mm-hmm. Eastern Ohio, because of, you know, the connections with Bo. But more of those were just kind of targeted. You went and hit some guys, and, and you knew the programs. You knew the coaches. Uh, and, you know, you could just make a call. The coach, tell me about this kid. He, great player. He's got no grades. Or, hey, this kid, hey, he's getting over-recruited. Let him go there. Or this kid's brother played here, you got no chance at him. So, you know, just kind of the, the big part of it back then was just, and, and, and now that's not changed, just being being efficient. Um, but I, I was I was all over the place. And then what I liked about Nebraska, we recruited uh, we recruited a lot of uh, a lot by position. So I mean, there was one week, and I ended I ended up getting. I ended up, it was crazy. Schmidt went from, I think I went from Denver to Salt Lake, uh, and, and you can help me out if I got those places mixed up on a map, but uh, I don't know where I went first. I don't know if I went to Salt Lake or Denver first, and then San Fran, San Fran to Hawaii, Hawaii to Phoenix, Phoenix to Fort Lauderdale, and then I'm, I'm jogging on the beach, and who do I see? at six in the morning, Ron Brown, and we're sitting there saying, what the hell, what are you doing here? So, <laughs> so fortunately we ran into each other cause we were both going to see the, the same kid at a high school, which, uh, which would have probably been a violation back then. <laughs> so, uh, so, uh, yeah, I rearranged my day, but you know, you just kind of, yeah, the big thing, especially at a place like Nebraska where you're recruiting nationally, it was about being efficient, you know, narrowing down your your targets you know I'm, I'm coming out of i'm coming out of spring trying to get 10 guys to visit and having about 20 guys on your radar that you think can that you think can play and that you have a shot at you know it's not going after the guys that have a clemson and alabama and ohio state offer Every, everybody's going after those guys and, and, and those guys are hard to get doesn't mean you can't get them but you guys have some type of tie or connection to them so the big the big what I tried to do is say, okay, this guy here, all right, we got a chance at it. And, and also what made it easy for me is I was in a position the whole time I could. I didn't need guys to play right away, mm-hmm. you know, with the exception of Randy. Um, and, and when you have a good program, that's how it should be. If you're counting on freshmen to come in and, and actually make a difference where you're counting on them, you know, there's guys that can come in and help you win, but you don't want freshmen 
that you have to count on because it's just the game's just too fast and you just don't know enough about the guys. There's just not enough work that you can get in with them before you play your your first game. So so if you're at a place where you're counting on guys that are in high school when you're recruiting in May, you're not where you need to be. So so that took a little bit of the pressure off and, and you know, I got guy so I was able to look at a guy like a Mike Daniels that's you know, five eleven, six foot, two twenty five, and say I can make this guy a player in three years, or I can look at a Kevin Maurice and say, yeah, this this guy will be able to help us. So, so you know, you don't have that pressure of having to sign these, you know, five star, uh, you know, Under Armour model looking type guys that you're counting on playing against Michigan and Walk in Wisconsin the day they walk on campus. So that's that's kind of how I did it, brother. Worked did did okay for me. I'd say so. A lot of guys playing on Sundays, Kaz. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Rick Kavinsky is with us. Hale Varsity Radio. Kaz, interested in the state of Texas and your take on the state of Texas from a recruiting standpoint. And, and for years, Nebraska did well. They did well in Texas, and guys they got from Texas not only played but thrived. And there were still some Texas kids when you were at Nebraska. Of course, the transition to the Big Ten happened. You had kind of the, the emergence of, of a couple of programs in a TCU and a Baylor and even Houston, quite frankly, that they were not what they they, they had been, right? Or they, mm-hmm. they have a chance to be a you know an eight nine ten win team. It feels like uh, in a in a given year. Touch on that that transition from league in the Big Twelve to to the Big Ten, and then just in your opinion, or just set me straight on just how did it become more difficult to do well in Texas years down the road for Nebraska? You know, I don't want to use it as a crutch or an excuse. Yeah, I don't think it affected you a whole. I think what happened more, I think Texas just became became like another Florida and California where all of a sudden it became oversaturated with coaches. Mm. And those Texas kids were before I, I don't I think what what I don't think Nebraska changed. I know we didn't change our philosophy on recruiting Texas. I think what you saw is uh, a change in the te- Texas kids and Texas coaches where kids start going everywhere. You'd have kids leaving Texas, going all over the country. You know, they're going to the Big Ten. They're they're going, you know, they're going to the SEC. Um, so, uh, you know, we would go down there once again, direct flights. Uh, but it, man, it just it just got it really was oversaturated. And and what you saw, the, the great thing, uh, it, the, the double edged sword with with Texas is because of the high school programs, the importance, the facilities, the head coaching, the coaching staff that you have, the weight programs. You know, what you see is kind of what you get. What we what what I felt was that these Texas kids, they, they were so developed in high school. Um, you know, you're not it, it was a little bit tougher to find kind of find that diamond in the rough because mm-hmm. they were so well coached and so developed in the weight room. So you, you just didn't find those kids um, like you did in a, in a Jersey or Florida and those type of places. So, so I, I think I think it hurt a little bit, obviously, because you know parents want to see their kids play, and you know if you're if the closest the closest place that you'll be playing is Nebraska mm-hmm. in in the Big Ten, and you're from Texas, man, that that, that becomes a tough sell, and people people use that against you. 
Um, and I just think that not having quite as much, uh, not having that, that presence as you did on national TV or playing the other Texas schools, it absolutely affects you. You know, you got generations that remember those, those rivalries uh, against those teams. And, um, and then you, know, you lost your presence when you play in the, when, when you play in the big 12 or in the big 10, you know, you, once again, you become a, you become a cold weather team. So I think, you know, those kids in Texas, um, that used to, you know, look at Nebraska, you had that association, you had that marriage. You say, okay, you know, playing against kids that they know. Well, that doesn't necessarily happen anymore when, when you join the big 10 and it's a different, it's a different league. It's a defense. It's a, it's, it's an offensive league. Um, it's different style, different personnel, different coaching. And um, it just I, – I don't think Nebraska changed their philosophy. I just think that the state of Texas changed um, and kids started going other places. But and, and I think the only thing that, that hurt Nebraska is, is the exposure that they would normally get playing in the Big 12 down in that state. A&M going to the SEC, did that kick the door open for the rest of the SEC to hit Texas or – I mean, to me, LSU had always been doing well in Texas, right? When they yeah. wanted to, Arkansas mm-hmm. would do well in Texas. You know, from a region standpoint, Texas always going to get uh, visits from Oklahoma and their staffs, be it Okie State or Oklahoma. But you know, uh, Ohio State would would go get quarterbacks from Texas from time to time. But but A and M's leap under the SEC was that kind of a difference maker too. Oh, I think I think it it, it definitely uh, was a difference maker. Because now what you started to get is you started to get uh, once again exposure of a Texas school to kids on the East Coast, to Florida kids, mm-hmm. to Georgia kids, to North Carolina, South Carolina kids. So, oh man, let's, you know, coming into town and, and beating up on South Carolina and their in their backyard. So, uh, hey, let's look at this school now. You also, I think, I think that was a big big um, uh, recruiting tool for uh, Texas A&M and the, and the AD to bring Jimbo there because Jimbo has so many ties to the SEC and to Louisiana schools, Georgia schools, Alabama, and Florida. I mean, that's, that's, where, that's where he made his hay. And, you know, obviously being the head coach at Florida State, so I think that was critical. I think Florida State um, – Obviously, made a poor decision not not uh, giving that guy whatever he wanted and, and and figuring out a way to lock him down. In Texas, A&M did the great thing by you know having that vision, knowing how this league was going to go, and having a coach who had been in that part of the country. Once again, Schmidt comes down to hey, this kid, knowing kids from this school will leave the state of Florida, knowing kids from this school will leave the state of Georgia, knowing that you can beat LSU on this school in, the, in Louisiana, but not at this school. So I think that's what's really helped A&M is a guy like Jimbo being able to target. Mm. And you can't be dumb about it. you got to be efficient. you got to know who you're, who you're going at. But but also just the SEC. I mean, it's a huge selling point with the, with the national championships. In, in the NFL, so that that's that's universal. I mean, you look at you look at Clemson and the ACC going to the playoffs. They're killing it in California. You know, I talked to Coach Ford, um, and you know they never went out to California. You know, well, they they go up to Pennsylvania get linemen and everybody else. It was in it was in bordering states. And I mean, you got kids coming from Hawaii, California, Arizona. 
to Clemson. So uh, you know the country the country has shrunk, and uh, you know this this playoff um, this four team playoff kids want to go where where they got an opportunity in the four years that they're going to be there to to win a championship. And I, and I think that when you look at A and M, that's what Jimbo's selling. You know, he's he's not too far removed from a national championship, and I think he's building that program in the right way. So it's a it's a real easy sell to kids. And in A and M, it's a you know you get a kid there on campus for a game day. That's a heck of an experience. So um, so yeah, I, I just think I think when A and M joined the SEC, you know, extended that arm. But I think what really what they did a really really good job of is getting a guy that had ties to the southeast because there's. There's too many people coming to Texas. If you're at A&M and you're at Texas, I don't think you can recruit just Texas anymore because Baylor, Texas Tech, all those other schools that have come, you know, TCU, those schools you didn't have to compete uh, with, you know, 15, 20, 25, 30 years ago, you know. So uh, so I think uh, I think that's really helping Texas A&M is with getting Jimbo and his ties to the southeast. Rick Kaczynski with us. Kaz, thanks for chatting some recruiting. Enjoy uh, baseball and and non-AAU weekends. Uh, We'll do this again, man. You got it, partner. I appreciate you having me on. Good stuff from Kaz as uh, we wind down a Tuesday. Pat Casey, former head coach of Oregon State and three-time national champion, get his take on the Arkansas Regional. Nebraska will bolt tomorrow. We'll uh, spend some time with Mike Babcock. Babbers was was hot about Nebraska's placement. A reminder, 70% of people in fatal crashes in Nebraska not wearing a seatbelt. If used properly, seatbelts can reduce the risk of fatal injury by up to 60%. Buckle up. Brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety. Some final thoughts on the way. And now... And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time, it's Hale Varsity, Tuesday edition, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Big thanks to Mitch Sherman, Charlie McBride, Rick Kaczynski, Will Wilson in today. And uh, let's dive into the why, right? Why did Nebraska get seated where they're seated? We spent a lot of time talking baseball and love Nebraska's attitude. Bring it on. Let's see how Friday in the weekend holds up down in Fayetteville. And this is the selection committee with the NCAA baseball uh, part of the NCAA, Jeff Altieri. Uh, his take on, on why Nebraska, why Arkansas? Maybe. Um, and I hate to give you such a definitive answer. Uh <laughs> But I do know that somebody's got to play Arkansas, um, and and they set themselves apart in the SEC. And um, and it, we when we looked at the overall field, we try to balance the field. So we look at the two, three, the one, two, and three seeds in every bracket that we have, and we try to give an assessment of in the totality. Is that a fair bracket? The the fours are in there as well, and we try to make sure that that's a, a good total region. And when we looked at uh, that number one region with Arkansas in it, we spent a great deal of time and actually flipped out uh, multiple teams in that region uh, until we ended up with this uh, assessment. With okay, so there, there's their assessment. 
uh, your league sucked for not letting you play non-conference games or a postseason tournament. That's translation. Just say that. <laughs> no. Saves us a minute of show. Your, your, your commissioner is, is a puppet, and the chancellors and league presidents not wearing red and white are all goons. They like field hockey or whatever the hell, yeah. or, or lacrosse. And no knocking lacrosse. Those are some tough SOBs, and I mean that lovingly. But clearly, eh, it's just softball. Eh, it's just baseball. Forget about it. There. Next there's, your, there's your answer. Yeah. There is your, there's your answer. Do your job. Play, uh, play good baseball. See where the chips fall. All right. Tomorrow, Pat Casey, excited to talk to the former Oregon State three-time national champion head coach, Hall of Famer. Uh, we'll spend time with Mike Babcock. We'll see if Shuey can get away from the, the tee box. Wilderness Ridge Golf. Are you in tomorrow? I will be here. Really? Yes, sir. So is he off camping and so he had to go up smuggling to, balloons and all that good stuff in doing, Colorado? Doing something somewhere, man. Couldn't tell him. you what. Yeah. Well, I mean, he was best man in, in his brother's wedding uh-huh. over the weekend. And he got that bachelor party planned out, which was good. And then he got the old... Uh, I, I, did you hear how the speech went? No. I, uh, I haven't. Have you? No, I'm, I'm just wondering. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, Wedding Crashers, <laughs> where Mitch gets up and starts talking about, you know, well, we coming, don't ba- know. coming back from from a conference. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I mean, those things can go either perfectly or horribly wrong. As long as you make it home. That, that, well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Well, well, we'll get Will Wilson. His mullet will be fed and watered tomorrow, ready for another show. Can you wear any more throwback lids? I got do you have this. A, do, you have a, do you have another one? This is an old school Nebraska 94 hat. Do you have a, a big you have a big 8 one? Is there a third? Let me see what I can do. All right. Will Wilson tomorrow. Chris Schmidt, talk to you at four. Thanks. Jim Rome here with your Rome Report. I'm not sure what was more juvenile this weekend. 